We give you the glory in advance for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees yes. with that prayer in this room said amen. And online typed in amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. We want to welcome you, our online viewers. We are honored to have you join us on this Sunday morning. Uh, if you desire more information about what our linked up kids are doing, what our little link land is doing, or even what the plug is doing, download that app. There's a lot of resources for you and ministry for the entire family. All of the notes are right in our linked up church app. You can also go to the Version Bible app. All of the notes or the outline is there. Of course, we're going to give you a lot more than what's just on that outline. I'm excited today. You know, there's really not another time in the history of my life when I'd want to live than right now. I just think opportunities are abounding and will continue to abound for the body of Christ. Yes. We're talking about warning signs, and this is part four. I want to read to you. I want you to, this is real time. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12. It's not in your foundation text, but you all might recall uh, from uh, last week and at the beginning of this message, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, we used it as an opening text. And in verse 3, the disciples asked Jesus, when would we know that the end is coming? And Jesus went on to just lay out a bunch of things, and I believe he wasn't just talking to them. He was talking to us as well because we're his disciples. I want to focus your attention on 24 and 12, and I think it's going to give us some insight into really what's going on in our world today. In Proverbs 24 and 12, Jesus said this, and it's very strong. He said, and because lawlessness will abound. Now, we need to understand what lawlessness is and what it means. Lawlessness means illegality, illegality, I'm sorry. And that is a violation of law or a transgression of the law. And so what made the events so horrible that we just witnessed is that police officers represent the law. And so when we see a police officer's knee in a man's neck like that for nine, eight minutes and 47 seconds, and he doesn't care that the cameras are on him, he doesn't care that the world is watching, wow. it is a really a public display of lawlessness. And so what ends up happening is that the people on the other side say that if the person who's supposed to be enforcing the law doesn't abide by it, then why should we? And so the way that lawlessness abounds is that the, the one that's enforcing the laws doesn't abide by it. So the citizens say, you know what, then why should we? You taught us how to behave this way. And the end result ends up being rioting and looting and all of the things that we've seen in our country. And so the public is saying, you taught us how to behave this way because you're supposed to enforce the law in a way that provides justice and equality for all. And so Jesus warned us that this is what would happen. Now, on the other side of that, there are some good citizens. There are good police officers, and they are good citizens out there marching peacefully. And we need to acknowledge that, and we need to recognize that the progress that they've made out there marching and all the things that are happening around the United States of America and the world has brought justice in the Armand Aubrey situation. It's brought justice for George Floyd. I can think about just 20, 25 years ago when that happened to Rodney King and it was videotaped, those officers still walked off scot-free. 
But that didn't happen in these cases because we have believers and we have good people out there that are marching for righteous causes and then justice is being served. Can we just give the praise hands? Can we just thank God for all of the people that are out there on the front lines all around this world marching for righteous causes and impacting change as a result of it? But Jesus told us it would be this way. And so, and this is going to set up our point that we'll get to today. And he said, the end result of that is that the love of many will grow cold. And so then you see senseless acts by police officers on citizens. You see senseless acts on citizens by citizens on police officers. You see looting. You see rioting. Folks, that's a warning sign. Don't let your heart grow cold during this time. You cannot afford hatred. You cannot afford to hate people because of the color of their skin. You cannot afford to allow your heart to grow cold because of the events that are happening in our country. He said the end result is that the love of many will grow cold. He didn't say a few. He said many. I won't be one of the many, and I'm praying that you won't be one of the many. The best way to enact change is by abiding by the law and doing things the right way. Two wrongs will never make a right. Now, our foundation text is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, warning signs. Remember, signs are there for our comfort. They're there for our peace. They're there for our safety. There's no way we should get upset because we come to a stop sign. That stop sign is there to protect us. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8 says, But the end of all things is at hand, referring to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. He said two things, be serious about your prayer life and stay alert in your prayers. And above all these things, have fervent love, which is the opposite of uh, those hearts growing cold and waxing cold that we read in Matthew 24. The love of many, and, and it says here, and have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Yes. Let's develop our love walks. Let's practice love. I love you, Tonette. I love you, Joni. I love you. I love, I love everyone in this room. I love you, Wellman. I love everyone. Tell everyone in your room. Tell everyone that you're sitting with right now. Tell them you love them. It's so important. Yes. While we have each other and while we're around each other, let's express love to each other. Get up and hug each other right now. Get up and, and kiss your wife or your husband or something. Some level of display of love would be really good right now. Our country needs more love. That's right. That's right. Now, let's move on in our message today. I'm not going to go backwards to go forwards. Let's just go right to point number eight today. And I pray that you'll pay attention. Share this link with someone today because this stuff is unfolding right before our eyes. I see a lot of people posting. It's almost like just walk outside and see which part of the book of Revelations we're in today. Yeah. 2 <laughs> Thessalonians chapter 2. Point number eight is a man of sin and lawlessness will be revealed. One individual, if you're paying attention, boy, there's some indications uh, in our country right now. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, let's read verses 1 through 4. It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him or to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken. That word shaken there means agitated, disturbed, or wavering. Listen, body of Christ, this is not a time for you to be wavering 
whether or not Jesus is Lord or whether or not I'm saved or I'm not saved. This is a time for you to be firm in what you believe. It says, in your mind, your mind, your will, your emotions, or be troubled. That word trouble means to clamor or to be frightened. We have nothing to be afraid of because God is on our side. Yes. All of this wickedness can go on around us, but it will not come near us. There is not one weapon formed against you that will ever, ever prosper, says the Lord. And I want to encourage you, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. There is nothing for us to be afraid of because we serve a good God, and if you're in God, then you are good, glory to God. Right. Goes on to say here, so don't allow yourself to be agitated. Don't become frightened either by spirit, right? Don't let some spirit do that to you or by word. If you believe a spirit is, has you afraid, that spirit didn't come from God. Somebody gives you a word and it makes you afraid. It did not come from God. Somebody sends you a letter and it makes you agitated, afraid, gets you all worked up. It did not come from God. He says, as if from us. So he's making it clear. If it does all of that to you, it did not come from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away. So, so we're talking about a tremendous and a great apostasy will happen before that day comes. What does it mean? What does that phrase falling away mean? It means many will forsake the truth. People will turn their backs on God, turn their backs on the Word of God, turn their backs on church, but I declare it will not be me, and it will not be you. Right Somebody needs to type that in right now. It will not be me. Take a stand today. Put your feet in the sand, and you've got to be able to say, I am going all the way with God. It's in him that I live and I move, and I have my being. It says, let no one deceive you. There's going to be a great falling away. Watch this. That'll come first, and then the man of sin is revealed. That word, man of phrase, man of sin, sin, means one that is extremely wicked and perverse. He'll be revealed. It calls him the son of perdition. This is the same individual. He is the man of sin, and he is the son of perdition. The word perdition means destruction, and this is interesting, and lawlessness. So this will be a person that is in charge, but does not abide by the laws that he's in charge of which is what will produce more lawlessness in our world. Mm. And if you're paying attention, I cannot say names, but if you're paying attention, it's happening right before your eyes. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God and that is worshiped. I just want to try to understand the purpose of calling up active military to clear out a law-abiding, peaceful crowd, to go stand in front of a church and hold up a Bible upside down with no reverence, no respect for it, when asked if that's your Bible, flippantly says it's a Bible. It's going to be that level of irreverence towards God, the things of God, and truth that you're going to see on a national scale. And when you see it on a national scale, it gets into people. I hope you're listening. Type in, I'm woke. 
He's going to oppose all that exalts itself against God. This individual has called himself the chosen one. And all that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is a God. There are forces pushing globalism and global control. God word, God's word foreshadows such a time, such a power, such a control of global governance. Listen very carefully. What the world is pushing for right now is one currency. When I was in Detroit a couple of days ago, I was not allowed to use cash anywhere that I went. So they're trying to move us towards a cashless society. Pay attention, folks. Chips in hands. They're already doing it with cell phones. So they're tracking us by these devices. They want to take the same chips that are in these devices and put them in our hands. They want to put them either in our hands or our foreheads. They're trying to come up with one virus shot for the whole nation or the whole world. Now, my wife read from Revelations 13 last week. I want to point out something in Revelations 13. Verses 7 and 8 speaks directly to this. Be careful when you hear someone saying, I, all the time instead of we. I have done this. I have done this. I. It's the same thing that Satan said. Satan said, I will be like the Most High God. I will exalt my kingdom above his. When you hear a leader using I all the time, that's dangerous. Revelation 13, 7 and 8 says, For it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him, this is one individual, over every tribe, tongue, and nation, all races of people. We're talking about globalization in this verse. And all who dwell on the earth, not in the United States of America, on the earth, will worship him, except me, except you. That's right. Whose names, and it makes it clear who won't do it, whose names have not been written in the book of life. I thank God my name is in that book. The only ones that are going to worship him are those whose names have not been written in that book. Somebody need to say, I thank God my name is in that book. And if your name is not in that book, we have step one today that you can take to learn more about connecting to God. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of this service to help you connect with God. We're going to have next steps, for, next steps classes all day on a Saturday at the end of this month that you can get involved with. The time right now is not to be playing with church or playing with God. Either get all the way in and stay in or get all the way out and stay out. But I'm calling you to record this day. Choose whom you will serve. And if it's God, then serve him. But if it's the devil, then walk away from this and go on out there and do your thing. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Notice what he says here. Only the ones whose names have not been written in that book. So pay very close attention. This will be a government with satanically empowered control. If you're paying attention, there's a commission out there for global governance. And you can look all of this up. It's been created by the United Nations. It released a report saying now our global neighborhood, which affirms what they're going after is a world court, a global tax, a global police force, and a global currency. Pay attention, folks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How do I come after that? 
Now, you know, yeah, praise God. So number nine, you know, I was thinking about as I, we were studying and preparing, uh, you know, when I was younger, you know, my parents, which I'm sure many of you, many of you here, parents probably played the lottery. And my mother depended heavily, heavily on dreams. And she would take that dream book out and she would do the dreams, escape and everything else. She would go through numerology to find out what the number was. Did she win ever? I don't think, not once. My family was the same way. If I told them I had a dream, they'd pull out something called the Kansas City Kitty. Yeah. I'm going way back now. All kind of little numbers books. Because you had legal numbers, lottery, but you had the street man, dollar bill, going down the street <laughs> from house to house, and they could play the street numbers too. Yeah, so number nine, there will be an increase in sorcery and witchcraft. We are seeing it right now. We lived in Florida well over, it's going on uh, uh, nine, ten years now. And um, well, it's been that long? Yeah. 2009? Yeah, it's been ten years now. Uh, since we lived in Florida, and we recently visited Florida not too long ago, around Christmas time, and we still saw that the psychic, I mean, it's a big psychic shop, was still there, which tells me she's making enough money to stay on this hot little corner. There's a rise and an increase in sorcery and witchcraft, and I'm not just talking about psychics and palm reading. I'm covering, the, according to scripture, and the definition of what sorcery and witchcraft is, it's everything from zodiac signs and astrology to crystal balls and crystals hanging on in windows. It's everything from tarot cards to uh, Ouija boards. This is what Micah chapter, and this is the Bible, this ain't me, look it up. This, you know, we got so many people fact checking, fact check that. So Micah chapter five, verse two, I'm reading from the English standard version, and please follow along because a lot of this will not be in your notes. And some of that is on purpose so that you can pay attention and record for yourself. We're giving you, God commissioned us to give you warning signs so that you can be woke. But you can't be woke if you're passively listening because I promise you, you will forget next week. So if you're writing it down, it will increase your likelihood to recall, pay attention, and live woke. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathath, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Now in the book of Micah, there are over one, it's a short book, but there are over 100 prophecies that speaks to this day, from the day of Jesus until now. And right here in the first two verses, for sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it, they're establishing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it specifically narrows down to the city, and it says, and this is a little city, during that time, Bethlehem was known for nothing, and it's letting us know that there's going to be a ruler that shall come out of such a small city called Bethlehem, that you won't be able to stand amongst all the other cities that Judah occupies. Then let's skip down to verse 4, and he says, And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great in the, to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. So now they're talking about the spread of the gospel. Now they're talking about a kingdom that's being established in advance. Now they're talking about more and more people winning one to this gospel of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to talk about, now mind you, this is 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. 
And now they're pro prophesying thousands of years after his birth until, the, uh, until his return. Let's pick up in Micah chapter 5, verse 7. Again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. He says, Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of the many peoples like dew from the Lord, like shower on, showers on the grass, which delay not for a man nor wait for the children of man. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the nations in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a lion among the flocks of sheep, which when it grows through, goes through, treads down and tears in pieces, and there's none to deliver. Now, according to commentary, not just theolo theological commentary, but historians, both atheists, believers, non-believers, I don't knows, they all establish that right here, the remnant of Jacob is talking about the believers, the descendants of Abraham. Say, I am a descendant of Abraham. I am a descendant of Abraham. And they will be, they will shower the, they shall shower the earth like, like the grass. And he goes on to talk about how they will be among nations, among people. The remnant, the believer, will live among the heathen, is what the King James says, the Gentiles. And they will occupy the land. And they will rise up and be uh, as if they were amongst lions, amongst beasts. In other words, rulers, but they're still going to be attacks. It says, but they will also be ones that, that can also, if they're not careful, devour lambs. And so he goes on to talk about in Micah chapter 9, verses, uh, Micah 5, 9 through 15. And I'll just pick up right here. Your hand shall be lifted up over your adversaries and all your enemies shall be cut off. He says right there, well, I'll just continue on from verse 10 through about 10 and 11. God is declaring that he will erase the so-called powers that people who were supposed to operate in his kingdom depended upon. He will erase their strongholds. He will take down their chariots and their horses. He will nullify their weapons that are carnal. Instead, he will rise himself up to show himself to be the one thing that they need. And in removing all the things that they depended upon, one of the, a few of those things was sorceries and witchcrafts. He says in verse 10, And I will cut off sorceries from your hand, and you shall have no more tellers of fortunes. And I will cut off your carved images and your pillars from among you, and you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. And whatever the work of the hands might be, and you know, he's talking about idols, images. I, uh, uh, he's talking about um, uh, stones, the altars that were erected in, in a way of worship. Of course, we don't erect altars. At least we don't think we do. See, when our pursuit is more after money and possession than it is God, then we've erected an altar. When our pursuit is more into, when we invest more into how we look and how we're presented, then we've become our own altar. We've become our own idol. We can be caught up in great causes, but the great causes come under. It comes under the kingdom of God, and it's within the kingdom of God. It doesn't take place of the kingdom of God. Right. Right. So it can be very subtle in these days because he said the very elect will be deceived. Right. So be careful. Yes, great causes. There's great awareness right now, and that's good. It's necessary. But unless God is with you and unless he builds a city, it won't stand. Amen. It won't stand. And I think some of the greatest advancements of the civil rights movement, was, it was steeped in the foundation of Scripture. 
Slavery was overturned with the awareness and the revelation of what the scriptures actually meant. No, it's not the white man's religion. It's human religion. It's human belief. It's human faith. It's the product of creation. Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 5, he talks about um, in verses 19 through 21, going back to Micah, right there he establishes in removing even those things that we think will be able to tell us the future. Those things that we think we'll be able to foretell. He says, no, I'm going to take it all down because I alone am able to lead you into all truth. John 14, he says that the Holy Spirit comes and he will lead you into all truth and he will show us things to come. He lets us know from the very beginning that if we acknowledge him in all of our ways and lean not to our own understandings, that he will direct our paths. When he says to trust only in him, that he, he directs the steps of the righteous, you just do what you got to do in the kingdom of God and he'll land you in the place of success. That's right, that's right. Witchcraft, sorcery, diviners, seers, whatever it is, is not necessary. In fact, it's anti-Christ. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verses 21 through 19 through 21 in the Amplified, it says, Now the doings and practices of the flesh are clear and obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions. Then he goes on to say that, in verse 21, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things are not to inherit the kingdom of God. Finally, I'll end up here. Revelations chapter 9. I encourage you to read verses 13 through 21 because he's establishing what's going to happen in the last days. Right. And he's repeating exactly what was said back in Micah just to establish that it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. He's saying here that there's going to be powers that will come on purpose to take out a third of the population. Yeah. And then there will be a population of people that will act like, oh, that just happened? Okay. And they'll keep on living life as if nothing happened. They won't be repentant of their ways. And he's not just talking about ungodly people. He's talking about also people that call themselves godly, mm -hmm. that call themselves Christian. Mm -hmm. And he ends up, in, he ends up saying... When he gets down to, let's pick up at verse 18. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. Verse 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, and their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. So he's talking about there's a leader, but those that follow him are those that have heads, but do harm on his behalf. Sort of what you were just speaking to. Mm -hmm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can eat neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immoralities or their deaths. So he's letting them know that even those that practice that will see a judgment. And though all these acts of judgment, destruction, would seem to provoke one for, towards repentance, he's saying that there's a population that seems unmoved because they just are blinded to the power of God and what's ha happening. In other words, these signs will sneak up and they'll be oblivious to them. Right now, we're living in a drug culture. We're living in a culture that is allied with sorcery, which, which is allied with power beyond, because that's what this is all about. Pharmaceuticals. You know, the word sorceries is the pharmakia. It's the Greek word pharmakia, which is a, a root word for pharmaceuticals. And so in drug and in addiction, regardless of what it is, I don't care if it's legal or illegal. If it alters your state of being and it, it's supposed to feel something that only God can feel, 
and then you want more and more, it is still a sinking hole of evil. And as you see the rise of drugs, as you see the rise of sorcery, witchcraft, as you see the rise of crystals and all these things that are happening right now, like right now, I mean, it's common culture to just have a crystal hanging from, your, from one side of your window or whatever the case may be. Zodiac signs. God has made each of us unique and individual. And there's no way to read what one person's going to do, what a group of people are going to do just because they were born in November. And think about it, it really makes no sense. Everybody born in May will behave this way. I'm born in May. The Zodiac sign says I'm a Taurus. I'm not a Taurus, I'm a Christian. And the Word of God directs my behavior, not a zodiac sign. Were you saying that? That's right. I just wanted to say publicly, girl, you look good today. <laughs> Let me stay on task. Nine, no. Number 10, number uh, 10. Number 10. Now, I did not call anyone the son of perdition. I just want to make that real clear. I did not say that. I'm just telling you to pay attention. Everybody clear on that? It could be, or it could be pointing to. But there's certainly some indication that we're heading in that direction if we're not there already. Just wanted to say that publicly. Number 10, God's Word foretells also a rise of persecution of believers or Christians. Let me talk to you about what I mean by that. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. There will be a rise of persecution of Christians. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12. See, like me preaching truth, I will be labeled as intolerant. So they're going to call me intolerant and outdated because I stand on truth. 2 Timothy 3, but I can deal with that. Bring that on because I'm still going to keep standing with God. 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 15 says, yes. All who desire to live godly. How many of y'all desire to live godly? Raise your hand out there if you desire to live godly. Raise your hand at home if you desire to live godly. Listen to what the Word of God says here. And you should shout about this. All who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. Uh -huh. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> persecution. That means you're living something right. You stand for something. Persecution is pressure that is brought on by people. That means you are honored to suffer the same persecutions as our Lord and Savior. And remember, the student will be never greater than the teacher. So if the teacher went through it, then you've got to know, we've got to wear that as a badge to be able to go through something like that. It says here, all who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters, those posers, they will seduce and they will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue. Somebody type in, I will continue. I will continue. I will continue. It says they're going to get worse, but I will continue. Paul writing to Timothy and to us. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Watch this. Knowing 
from whom you have learned them. I want to challenge the body of Christ today. If you have a good church home that you belong to, then plant yourself there. Serve there. Stand for righteous causes. Help that local church build the kingdom of God the way God has called them to do it. We've got to stop this church hopping. We've got to stop this from one church to another church. To We've got to plant ourselves somewhere and stay there and be loyal to that and build something so the kingdom of God can be glorified. He said here, because you've learned these things the right way, Timothy, and so stay with it if you believe that, knowing them whom you have learned them, verse 15, and that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. It's the Word of God that gives us the wisdom to navigate through times like this, and it's the Word of God that causes us to win. That word salvation there is soteria. It means rescue. It means safety. It means deliverance. It means health. It means salvation, and it means wholeness. The Word of God God brings all of that into our lives regardless of the times that we're living in. I want to encourage somebody's heart right now. If we don't get laws enacted, if we don't see progress, I need you to understand that Jesus Christ has leveled the playing field. Don't you for a moment think that you're at a disadvantage because of your skin color. If you are in Christ, he has given you an advantage, and you have nothing but opportunity to become whatever it is that you want to be and be great at it. There's no person, place, or thing that can stop you from being whatever it is you desire to be if God is on your side. Don't use any of that as an excuse. Don't use an ex system as an excuse because he's given us faith. And what has faith given us? This is the victory that we have, that we have overcome the world, even our faith. Our faith gives us victory over this world system. I am not at a disadvantage because of my skin color. I am at an advantage because I am in Christ Jesus. And if he's overcome, then guess what, folks? I have overcome. I don't care what this world sets up. They cannot stop someone who God is on their side. Folks, don't get mad at me, but I'm actually more proud to be a child of God and a Christian than I am to be black. I am more proud to be in Christ than I am my skin color because at the end of the day, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's nothing in God. Everything is equal. There is equality in God. So even though the world might be trying to oppress people, the, you cannot be oppressed by the world if you are in Christ. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Somebody ought to say amen to that. I refuse to use any excuse now that I am in Christ. I won't use the excuse of I didn't grow up with a father. I won't let nothing be an excuse to me now that I am in Christ. If I am in Christ, then he's given me everything that I need to win right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And from a child here, these scriptures are able to make you wise through faith. That word faith there means pistis. It's trust, fully persuaded, total reliance upon God, which is in Christ Jesus, right? So our Lord Jesus, our commander-in-chief, has warned us that we will be hated for his name's sake. Luke chapter 21, 17 through 19 says, New King James Version, and you will be hated. That word hated means detest, love less, persecuted, because you stand for something. By all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head will be lost. Now, how does that apply to me? I got to figure out how do I fit in. <laughs> it's literally just a figure of speech. You know what he's saying? 
but you will not suffer any essential injury or loss. So what you've got to understand is the more pressure they put on you, the further he's going to advance you. Somebody ought to thank God for that. The more you take a stand for him, the more pressure the world will put on you, the further he will advance you. And he promises you right here, not one hair from your head will be lost. Or in other words, you won't suffer one level of essential injury or loss. And for me, folks, I can go out here and stand for anything that's right, knowing that he's with me. By your patience, that word patience means cheerful, hopeful endurance or continuance. Possess, presently preserve your mind, your will, and your emotions. So he's saying if you'll stay cheerful and you'll endure and you'll keep fighting for my righteous causes, it'll keep your mind, your will, and your emotions stable throughout all of these times. I want to encourage someone's heart today. We are the victors and not the victims. Don't you ever for a moment see yourself as anything less than what Christ made you. You are the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. Somebody ought to get that in your spirit right now. Yes, we should still fight to advance our causes, but I want you to know someone already fought to advance your call. He already took the wood on your behalf. He already marched on your behalf. He already hung on your behalf. He already died on your behalf. And he rose from the grave on your behalf. And he's given you all victory in your hands. If you'll just trust that and believe that. Keep fighting. Keep marching. Keep doing what you need to do. But you must understand you're not trying to overcome. You have already overcome Amen. in him. Amen. Every righteous cause that you advance on the, within the kingdom of God, which is what we're doing, which is what's going on right now, will advance. I love what Dr. King once said. He says, never a, a bad time to do what's right. That's right. Amen. Number 11, in, there will be an increase in those mocking the church. There will be an increase in those mocking the church. You know, what makes what we're experiencing right now, pandemic, joblessness, financial crises, and then social, racial, political uprising and corruption uh, that's going on. What makes this so horrendous is that, well, I don't know about you. Let me just put it like this. Folks don't, people don't, can't stand a hypocrite. That's right. People can't stand a hypocrite. And in some points, the church has to own some of the mockery of the church. That's right. But what makes what's going on right now, crime is crime, criminals are criminals. We've had uh, some, I've had some uh, pretty serious discussions with the family, with friends, um, to land here. Because what you just said was so powerful in that, yes, what's going, racism is wrong. Discrimination is wrong. Racial ignorance, when it's taken advantage of, is wrong. Even micro-racism is wrong on every front discrimination, whatever the case may be. But what happens when it's not race? And those same things are happening. Because Nigerians right now are being persecuted. Christian Nigerians are being persecuted right now. And I promise you, it's not because of the color of their skin. Right now, there are people underground in Pakistan taking a stand for Christ but being killed in the effort. And it's not because of their skin. Jamaica. Jamaica. 
discrimination. Just had a, he just had a serious conversation with people in Jamaica, Haiti, and the public, uh, uh, the Dominican Republic. Racism happens, determined by who's lighter and who's darker. It's wrong on every front. Discrimination is wrong on every front. And not just with race and police brutality, but with the financial uh, institution, with education. We could just keep on naming, the, naming them at all. But what makes what's going on right now as far as br police brutality and the abuse of power so bad, a corrupt uh, judicial, discriminative d judicial uh, system, what makes it so bad is that these are the systems and the people that we depend on to execute what is right, to protect and serve the public, to be keepers of the peace, to, to investigate establish, prosecute, uh, prove, and uh, convict those who do wrong. And when we can't depend on that very system, it's a mockery to the system, and people rise up. Same thing with the church. When we have people who call themselves Christian, but yet we live any old kind of way, again, folks can't stand a hypocrite. And so part of that the church needs to own and be on purpose and intentional about being the label that you've ascribed yourself to. Right. But at the same time, there's a population of people that not necessarily is doing wrong, but want to criticize the church, want to criticize church folks, want to criticize Christians, not because of anything that might seem of a mockery, but because their opinions of what they think is right does not align with what the church is speaking of then it becomes increasingly difficult for the church to judge anything when we don't live right ourselves. That's right. Amen. That's right. And so what has brought a lot of criticism and controversy to the, demonstra the demonstrations, the protests, the, the marches are great and they're necessary to bring awareness. But what ends up making it a mockery is when you have those people that are out there, uh, antagonists that are out there rioting and causing what's supposed to be good to be now an adverse and a mockery of, of, of making it as if it's a mockery of this effort for social justice. And people are doing that on purpose. It's the same devil for any righteous cause. I love what uh, Dr. King said. He said, the limitations of riots, moral questions aside, is that they cannot win and their participants know it. Hence, rioting is not revolutionary, but reactionary because it invites defeat. It involves an emotional cath catharsis, but it must be followed by a sense of futility. In Jude chapter 1, verse 16 through 19, you know, Jesus was a protester. Yeah. We follow someone who was a protester, a demonstrator. He was one that he, he marched all across the doggone Israeli part of European uh, continent, or in that area anyway, in that region, to make known the gospel. And it's from that bit of protesting, that bit of demonstration, but his was backed with power, so we have to make sure that we're backed with power, that caused 2,000 years later uh, the same message to be proclaimed. Jude chapter 1, verse 16 and uh, 19, I'm reading from the Passion. It says, these people are always complaining and never satisfied, but finding fault with everyone. They follow their own evil desires and their mouths speak scandalous things. They enjoy using seductive flattery to manipulate others. But you, my delightful love, delightfully loved friends, 
Put, I'm a delightfully loved friend. I'm a delightfully loved friend. Yes. Remember the prophecies of the apostles of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. They taught you in the last days there will be always mockers motivated by their own ungodly desires. These people cause divisions and are followers of their own natural instincts devoid of the life of the spirit. These included, now when Jude was writing, when this is being written, he's talking about the godly and the ungodly. He was talking about the believer and the unbeliever. That in the last days that there will be people that are mockers because they are after appeasing their own desires. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, and 9, 3 through 9 in the Passion, it says, 2 Peter, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 9 in the Passion, it says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, in the mouths of two or three witnesses, pay attention, Mockers will multiply, chasing after their evil desires, and they will say, so what about this promise of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried, yet everything is still the same as it was since from the beginning of time until now. But they conveniently overlooked that from the beginning, the heavens and earth were created by God's word. He spoke and the dry land separated from the waters, and then long afterwards, he destroyed the world with the tremendous flood by those very waters. And now, by the same powerful word, the heavens and the earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the judgment day, when all the ungodly will, un will perish. So, dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. A single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh, and a thousand years counts as one day. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measure lateness but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. All to, all to come to repentance. That's the bottom line when he's talking about people mocking the church. There's just three categories of sin. It's real simple. It's not that deep. Lust of the pride of life, Lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh. We have to be careful with what, we're, what we ascribe ourselves to and what we allow to come in our ears and the attitude that we take towards the things of God. No one's perfect, not one, but we all are perfected in Christ. So when one is striving towards the things of God, praise God, we all miss it every once in a while. But be careful that we're not mockers of his church, his bride, because that's who he's coming for. Not for just an unbeliever. He's coming for his ecclesia, his collected called out one. That's so good. So what you're saying is if they're going to mark, mock us, make sure it's for the right reasons. Exactly. Not for the wrong reasons. Exactly. Stand for truth. And if the mockery comes because we're saying he's coming, they compared it to Moses. They compared it to when Moses said, hey, you're going to set my people free. If you don't, God's going to make sure it happens. Pharaoh mocked them. They compared, Noah, it, they compared it to Noah's Noah, day also. for 100 years is preaching. The flood is coming. The flood is coming. And they mocked them. And it's, in fact, it said that they kept on living, partying, married, being given in marriage, building, tearing down. But yet when the flood came, it all came, and they were unawares. And only, what, five people made it out. Yeah, and so that... that ark then represents salvation salvation right and so if you think about it not only did God save Noah but God saved Noah's entire family and so I really want to speak to leaders and head of households and so 
You know, you've got to trust that when you make the right decision, then God's going to care about everything that you care about. Even if it looks like your children might not be going the right way right now, just trust me, God is faithful, and they too will turn. But the key is Noah did what was right, mm -hmm. and that blessed his entire family. So I want to invite everyone to get under this ark of safety right now, and his name is Jesus, so that you and your household can be saved. So if you're watching right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, our heart's desire is to pray for you and to bring you into the safety of this ark right now. If you're out there and you're saved, but you've gotten away from God, you've gone back out into the world, you've kind of been wavering back and forth, and you're saying, you know what, I'm woke now. I want to come back to Christ. I want to rededicate my life. If any one of those two apply to you, I want you to put your hand over your heart right now, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins, and all my sins are, forgiven are forgiven in Jesus' name. In Jesus praise name. God. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. My wife and I believe with all of our hearts that someone out there prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart. And if you're that person, we want you to text Get Connected to 94090. Congratulations yes. to you. Welcome to the family of God. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.